The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. It's, uh, it's very, very rare for a, for a homily at Mass um, to get an encore. It's very rare for somebody to say, um, Father, would you, would you preach that homily again? Um, but this is one of them. I didn't make it up. I didn't preach it first. I stole it. That was at least a little funny. I, uh, I stole it with permission. And, um, and, and the name is uh, Messy Christmas. See, I, I don't know what, um, what your experience of Christmas is. I, I just know what mine is and, uh, and what I see on TV. And I know that um, my experience of Christmas, at least, is actually not at all what I see on TV. There are, there are not choirs of angelic voices singing Christmas carols. My, my family doesn't do that. Um, there's, um, I don't have a fireplace with stockings hanging over it. Um, Santa Claus doesn't, uh, doesn't magically appear uh, with his reindeer and, and save the day. I don't know what your experience of Christmas is like, um, but I know what mine is, and I know what, and I know what it's like on TV, and, and, and my experience of Christmas is, is way, more, way more messy than the picture that I see on TV. And the temptation is that I would come to Mass today and look at the other people in church, that you would come to Mass today, and look at the person in front of you, or the person behind you, on the person next to you, and say, Whew, I bet their Christmas is perfect. I bet it's clean, and I bet everything's put together. I bet their house is not a mess. Look, look how that person prays. I bet you that person's praying better than me. Oh man, my life is a mess, and everybody else has got it all together. So look at somebody next to you, and say... Messy Christmas. Serious, go, go ahead, do it. You're good. Because the truth is that nobody's Christmas looks like it looks on TV. The truth is that nobody's life looks like we project other people's lives to look like. We come in church and we think everybody else has it all, has it all together. And the truth is that none of us have it all together. Look at the manger scene. This is a very beautiful nativity scene. I I really, I really like it. But it is not at all realistic. First of all, it doesn't smell. It's a barn. Second of all, look at this, look at this manger that Jesus is laying in. It looks like a bed. Like it looks comfortable. You know what a manger is? Manger, it's a French word, right? Manger, it means to eat. And it, back in Church Point, we don't call that a manger. We call that a feed trough. And back in Church Point, it looks like you got one of those like big, 
big, like, I don't know, 50-gallon drums or something, or 100, or I don't know how big it is, but you cut it in half, you just plastic tub, you cut it in half, you put it there, and the cows get to eat out of it. It don't look like that. Now, don't get me wrong. St. Joseph prepared the barn as best as he could for the birth of the Savior. Don't get me wrong, St. Joseph took the best possible care of Mary and of Jesus. But that doesn't change the fact that God was born in a barn. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. If you think your life is messy like mine is. That's exactly where Jesus wants to be. He isn't waiting for you to have something better than a feed trough for Him to lay in. He's not waiting for you to, I don't know, get some potpourri and light some candles and And make your soul smell better for him to come down. He comes into the mess. Last night at Mass, we heard about Jesus' family. I don't know about for you, but it's not just me that's a mess. It's not just me that doesn't have it all put together. It's not just me who sins. It's, it's not just me who, uh, who has crazy idiosyncrasies from time to time. No, my family is also crazy. My family is also a mess. Tell you the first, uh, the first Higginbotham to come to, the, to land in what is now America, his name was John. John Higginbotham, he came to Virginia, and uh, we're, we're, uh, we're not sure what his profession was. There are two options. Um, he may have been a member of the British Royal Navy. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> or he might have been a thieving, murderous pirate. Jesus. Jesus' ancestors include Judah and Tamar. Judah was Tamar's father-in-law, and their children together were Perez and Zerah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Another one of Jesus' descendants, I mean ancestors, was Rahab. Rahab was um, what we might call her a, a lady of the night. Another one was Ruth. Ruth, she didn't do anything wrong. Ruth was great, but she was a foreigner. And she had to be accepted. And the people, like Boaz, who ended up being her husband, who, they had to see past her Moabite ancestry. They had to see past the fact that she wasn't like from the same place and welcome her in. And she was great. Then there was, then there was David. Well, David, you see, what he did was he committed adultery uh, with another man's wife. That was Uriah. And he then he had Uriah, mur- Uriah murdered to cover up his sin. Solomon did really well at the beginning. Then, after he, after he got 700 wives and 300 concubines, decided to follow their gods and to, to reject God, breaking the first commandment. And, well, the, it's the first one for a reason. 
Rehoboam was Solomon's son, and Rehoboam, well, he was he he was just he just wasn't smart, and he was an incompetent king because what, what Rehoboam did is he con, he made it such that the kingdom was actually split in half. Now, if we think our we we think our decisions had bad consequences. What he did literally split the kingdom into two, and it was actually never reunited. Ahaz, Manasseh, and Amos, they did all kinds of bad things. Actually, what they, re- what they did, what was most really bad for them is that they actually began to worship false gods and, and they began to worship demons and, and they even like offered sacrifice of, of their own children to these demons. And Amos, he was, a, he was I guess, the worst of the three or, or at least they recognized it and they, uh, they assassinated him and put his son... Uh, Josiah on the throne in his place. And Jesus chooses to be born into this family. Not because of anything that they, that they, they did. Not because this was, it was the best family in the world. But because God is faithful. Even when we are unfaithful. Because the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Jesus comes where we need the light. Jesus comes in the midst of our mess. Messy Christmas. I'm going to go to Church Point in just a little while. And uh, I'm going to have a a good time with with my family. And I'm also going to encounter... Uh, the mess of, of my family. And, and when I encounter the mess in my family, like I'm going to encounter mess within me. And after we celebrate for, I don't know, five or six hours or so with the family, uh, I'm, I'm going to go home to my mom's house. And, and um, I'm probably going to go home earlier than, than most, most of my, my relatives and and I'm, I'm going to go home and, um, and I'm going to have a choice. When I go home, I could think about all of um, the things that I don't like about myself. All of my insecurities and inadequacies and temptations and the ones that I was particularly tempted to this afternoon. When I get home, I can think about um, all the things in my family that don't look like the family on TV or the family that I, for whatever reason, think you have. And I can begin to feel down and to feel sorry for myself and to just... That's one thing I could do. 
Or I could do this. Or I could get on my knees and say, Jesus, be with me in my mess. Jesus, be the light in my darkness. Jesus, I am not faithful, but you are faithful, and I need you. Jesus doesn't need us to clean ourselves up or be unmessy or be all put together before he comes to us. He will begin to put us together. He will call us to virtue and begin to cleanse us of our sin. He will give us healing from all those all those difficult things that come from our family and those consequences of our own sin and the ways people have sinned against us. He's going to do all that. But He's going to do it. We don't have to do it ourselves. In fact, we can't do it ourselves. So I invite us this Christmas to make that simple prayer. Jesus, be with me in my mess. Jesus, be with me in my mess. Jesus, be with me in my mess. Messy Christmas. <laughs>